and welcome to our Christmas Eve service, Nine Lessons and Carols. The story of Nine Lessons and Carols begins 140 years ago at the Cathedral of Cornwall, where Franklin White Benson was the rector. He was facing a bit of a problem. It seems that Christmas Eve had been overtaken by Christmas spirits. And through the years, the number of people who actually came to the cathedral for the Christmas Eve worship service began to dwindle. Historically, a lot of the dwindling was a consequence of Christmas carols. In the late 1870s, it was not permitted to sing carols as hymns were perceived to be the only proper and true expression of good Christianliness. But two years before, in 1878, the choir director at St. Paul's Cathedral had solved this problem. He said that his choir members were no longer permitted to go out on Christmas Eve to sing Christmas carols, but were required to come into St. Paul's Cathedral in order to sing the Christmas Eve service. The other problem with the Christmas Eve revelers out singing carols was not only a problem with the music, but a problem that immediately after they had gone from house to house to house, sharing Christmas joy, they then shared some Christmas spirits and they were far too intoxicated in time for the late night Christmas Eve service. And so Franklin White Benson, decided in 1880 to put together a Christmas Eve service that would incorporate both hymns and carols. It was nine lessons, beginning with the story of the fall of humanity in the garden, through the promise that was given in covenant to Abraham, the prophet Isaiah, and then the pronouncements of the birth of Christ found in the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and John. I hope that you enjoy our Christmas Eve service of carols and readings today. I wish to express my gratitude to those who came and safe socially distance recorded each of the segments that you'll be enjoying, along with the instrumentalists and vocalists that have worked very hard in order to help make your Christmas Eve more merry. If you'd had an opportunity to stop by the church and pick up your Christmas Eve basket of gifts to be able to celebrate, then you know at an appropriate time you'll need to pull out your candles and share the light with one another, with those with whom you are worshiping. If you did not have a chance to be able to pick up a basket, that's fine. Find a candle and be able to share the light of Christmas as we move through the ninth lesson and the lighting of the Christmas candle at the conclusion of this worship service. Thank you so much for joining us. It is joyful, wonderful, and peaceful to share this service with you. Genesis. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman whom you gave to me be with. She gave me the fruit from the tree, and I ate. 
Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is that that you have done? The woman said, The serpent tricked me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to the man he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground for out of which you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. reading from the book of Genesis. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said to him, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven, and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this, and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven, and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies, and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice.
reading from Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. of Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. 
The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy all on my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone from the Higginses. Can't wait to see everyone, hopefully sooner than later in the next year. Merry Christmas from the Stapletons. We wanted to also wish everybody a very happy and healthy new year. <laughs> we wish we could be with everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. You may or may not know how much work it is to get that wreath mounted onto the stud screws that are in the stone that surround our beautiful chancel window. It used to be done with two very rickety ladders and two individuals with a phenomenal amount of courage because it was harrowing to watch. More recently, we've invested in a scaffold that not only will reach the window for the wreath, but also allow us to make various repairs and light bulb changes around the building in a much higher degree of safety. But the wreath went up this year, and because it's 2020, some of the bulbs began to burn out. A gift that had been given was not all that those who volunteered to put it into place had intended. That's sometimes the way the gifts we give are. Those who receive sometimes didn't get what was on their list. Sometimes, despite best efforts, it just doesn't light up the way that it's supposed to. I would suggest this Christmas one of your many offerings could be a decision just be grateful in how things are. We can rage all we want about how things should be, and we can rightfully work towards those things that need to be improved. But when we do so out of a spirit of ingratitude, sometimes we hurt those who have done their best they wanted for us joy. They wanted for us appreciation. They wanted us to know we're loved. And when we share back ingratitude, a sense of insufficiency, a sense of inaccuracy, we take their gift, we drop it, and we hurt their hearts. Offerings come to many forms, but perhaps the best offering we can share is gratitude. Gratitude. Give generously. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. 
And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing is impossible with God. Then Mary said to him, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Amen. Merry Christmas from Bill Ackerman. Hi, it's Kelly Teagan, and I just wanted to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We miss seeing all of you on a weekly basis and hope we will get back there soon rather than later. And um, we miss all of you. So have a wonderful holiday with your family and friends. The reading is from the Gospel of Luke. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And it was, it was so that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn.
Good evening, everyone. Tom and Sally Powers coming to you from sunny Tucson, Arizona. Wishing everybody a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. A few weeks back, Sally and I uh, fought through our own battles with uh, COVID-19, and we want to take a minute to thank everybody for all their prayers and support, the cards that we got, notes, emails, telephone calls. They are very much appreciated as we went through that uh, ordeal. Uh, as a result of the pandemic, we won't be home this holiday season, so we'll see everybody in the spring. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good night to all. Stay safe and healthy. Bye. Bye now. Merry Christmas. We miss you all. <laughs> yeah, God bless you all. Merry Christmas from the Stockbridge. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas from, from the Kazmir And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And there sh this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing which has come, come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Christmas from Jeff and Lynn Cuff. Visit of the wise men. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. 
Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On, the, on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned by a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. You can tell someone a thousand different ways how you love them. But if they're not in a position to receive that love, it breaks your heart. I'm not talking the kind of childhood crush, an unrequited puppy love, or a broken romance, as difficult as that might be. I'm talking about the deep, abiding, true love for another. And no matter how hard you try to show it, no matter how hard you try to articulate it, no matter how deeply you attempt to convey it, the love is not received, not because of the inadequacy of the lover, but because of the sense of inadequacy by the beloved. Christmas is about love. It is about God's great love for us. But it is also about our incapacity to comprehend or receive that great love that God desires for us to know. Since the beginning of human history, God has made God's love known to us. But if we do not love ourselves, then the message of that tremendous love falls on deaf ears. We reject it because we just don't trust it. Not that we don't hear the words of God's grace and forgiveness and welcome and embrace. It's that we just don't believe they're true. We either assume that we are, in the end, unlovable. Or we assume that we are so great and self-sufficient that we don't need the love of another to make us complete. The first is a failure to love self. The other is to love self at the expense of the capacity to love others. Through the prophets, through the kings, through the history of the nation of Israel, God conveyed a deep and abiding love for God's people. And sometimes they thought themselves to be too unlovely, unlovable, and it fell on deaf ears. Other times, they thought that they were only going to have that love expressed if they could lord it over someone else, some other group, over those people. And that equally rejected the message of God's love because God loved not only them, but the world. And so Christmas is about God's love becoming so intense that God's own flesh abides in Jesus. It is the message of God wanting so much to convey love to us that God became us, incarnation, in the flesh, in human condition. An infant born, a child grows, a teacher learns. And in the progression of the birth and raising and aging of the Christ, we discover just how much God loves us. You and I want the very best for our children. 
we work hard and we convey and we desire for them to have that which is good. Imagine this. God wanted God's best for his son. And he gave him that best for his son by having him come in human flesh. The best for Jesus was to be human. And in that humanity, in that father to son, passionate love and desire, God gave human flesh to his son. And in God being God's best in the incarnation, we can receive the best news. God loves us so much that being like us was what God desired for his own son. And so at Christmas, we hear the news that we honestly believe may be too good to be true. God loves us. God loves the world. God loves you. And God invites the best for you too by inviting you to love one another. God's own son, Jesus, was the best expression of God's love for Jesus and the best expression of God's love for us. And so God's best for us is our capacity to expand our embrace to love one another. And in that, the message of Christmas continues to grow and expand and embrace and grab more until that time that God's love for the world is lived in how we treat one another and how we treat that world. And so the message of Christmas is our capacity to receive love and to give love. One cannot give what one does not have. You cannot give a gift of something you never owned. You cannot share a shirt if you are naked. But the message of Christmas is you are deeply and profoundly clothed in God's love, so much so that there is an overspill of God's love that goes beyond you and reaches to everything and everyone around you. So as you share this Christmas Eve, one that I am sure you will not soon forget, May you also, in the memory of this Christmas Eve, cling to the memory of the certainty of God's love for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.